We have returned with a brand new lesson of Teach Me How to Love You Better. I hope everybody is ready for what's new and in store for this segment that derives from Change the Subject. Today's return is a lesson that talks about how women view their men. Is your man a plan or is he a perk? And based on your views, what type of treatment comes from that viewpoint? Is your man a part of a greater plan or is he just the perk, someone to touch or nice to look at? Do you identify with his needs as you do your own? I was fortunate to be introduced to today's leading lady of conversation, a beautiful girl by the name of Maya, who is a newly elected brand ambassador for Rihanna Savage Fenty, owner and curator of the Curvy Coalition and the creator of both her YouTube channel, which is Have Fun and Stay Fly with Maya Mai and co-hosting the Pretty and Purpose podcast with two additional beautiful women, Celeste and Jess. We discuss how she juggles all of her endeavors, her outlook and ideas of love, and how she feels a man should be positioned in a woman's life. We discuss planning without his input, the perks of men being a part of a greater relationship process, and much more. Hopefully you will enjoy this return. So ladies, support your sister. Share in the process of supporting a woman speaking her truth and experiences. Fellas, sit back and shut the hell up. These are things we need to hear from our ladies that will hopefully position us back in our homes and the hearts of our queens. So here we are. Welcome to the return lesson of Teach Me How to Love You Better, which is titled, A Man is a Perk, Not a Plan. Thank you guys for tuning into a new edition of Teach Me How to Love You Better. I am the host, BJ. Today we have a very, very great, great conversation. And um, I'm privileged to have a new guest that I was able to track down from a very, very beautiful and alive, vibrant video um, that was on social media. Um, the Don't Rush Challenge was pretty huge at this particular time and there was a video of creatives that surfaced and I was very impressed with how well put together a lot of these women appear to be they looked happy even in the midst of um, COVID-19 they still had spark they still had some zeal about themselves and um, one young lady in particular I was able to get on today's episode today we have Maya of the Pretty and Purpose podcast on Teach Me How to Love You Better. How are you doing this evening? I'm good. How are you? Super, super excited and well. Um, I'm just super appreciative of you being willing to collaborate because you guys kind of surfaced with the video at the same time that I was looking for new perspectives and new women to speak to about the issues with men. Oh, yeah, that's perfect timing. Perfect timing. <laughs> so um, before we get into um, any of the details of the conversation, just take a few seconds to um, introduce yourself, give the, I guess, the description of what your show is about. And um, we're going to also get into some um, small business owner things as well, because you're pretty much your own brand from yeah. what I see on your social media. So just give <laughs> them an idea who you are. 
Okay, well, my name is Maya, and um, I am one of the co-hosts of the Pretty and Purpose podcast. So it's me and two of my friends. And pretty much it's all about women empowerment. So we talk about different issues that we faced in life or that women have faced um, or people in general and just give our take and our perspective on it. Uh, We try to do like mind, body, spirit. So we all kind of get our individual segments, but we just collaborate, talk, laugh, joke, have serious conversation, but just try to be as relatable as possible as everyday women who just go through life, figuring out how to navigate life, being confident in yourself, and also knowing that you have a purpose. Like, that is the whole gist of the show. Shouts out to you and those ladies for um, putting life back into our other ladies who definitely need to be inspired and motivated in that regard because I think we all know that most of our women, if not all, are pretty and very much purpose. So um, when we talk about a small business owner, I noticed that you have something that you call the Curvy Coalition. Yes. What is what inspires you to um, brand yourself for the more full figure woman and to kind of open up a space to incorporate style and almost a certain level of sexy and elegance to those women in particular what brought you to that point um in your branding um I guess just you know kind of throughout life like I've always been into fashion and you know wanting to dress nice but also like having a curvy figure there weren't always clothes that you could find at the mall so easily that were like trendy stylish that you could fit or that looked good on you so sometimes finding clothes was a challenge and so you know going online there's so many more sites like fashion Nova, shein and all of these sites have now like a curvy line and mm-hmm. so you know just finding those things that fit and that flatter your body is something that women want right because you see the typical or what was the typical look of a model you know someone thin not a lot of curves and it was like oh that looks so good on this person but it's like nah I, I want I don't have to look like her in order to appreciate my body like I should be able, be able to be fashionable and find clothes that fit me and that look good on me and so as I've been I guess entering that arena and and finding things that I really like that fit, you know, I want to inspire other women who may have struggled with finding clothes that fit or that flatter them to one. I started a YouTube channel, which is have fun and stay fly with my own mind. That's kind of like a spinoff of the curvy coalition because it's like, all right, here are some of the things that I wear or that I, that I found that you can also wear, that you can find. But also on that page, I'm featuring different women who are kind of doing the same thing, who are embracing their bodies and just showing women how to be confident in who they are, in their bodies. And you don't have to look like what used to be the stereotypical uh, beautiful woman. Right, right, right. I never really felt like that was modeling that we saw in the earlier stages of... I don't even know what word to put there because I'm I'm taking away the model from what is deemed modeling. I always thought that it was more or less product placement than it was actual modeling because the yeah. only reason why these women 
were in these positions where because the clothes were made to fit them. Right. They didn't necessarily mean that they were beautiful. They weren't attractive. They didn't always have, um, well, not to say that they weren't attractive, but I'm just saying as far as the appeal aspect of it, it, it didn't necessarily mean that you were able to draw me into whatever you were trying to sell me. Um, a lot of things that I saw growing up was almost like, well, who else is going to wear this stuff? Mm. You know, and that's what, um, I always make mention of when I speak to women who, um, try to define themselves in this space. Like you're actually modeling, you're actually selling me why this is important for possibly my mother, my sister, yeah. my, you know, my lady, you know, why I can, I guess, encourage her mm -hmm. to um, see herself differently because these things are made for us. Um, yeah. We've had to actually carve out a space for our beauty to be accepted. So like, yeah. I think that this is more modeling than anything. For the most part, what we saw in the earlier stages was just product placement, just trying to make sure somebody's seen that we had product and that this is who, you know, this particular brand or line was catered to. It didn't have anything to do with appeal at all. So um, I just try to encourage our women and um, I'm just glad to hear, you know, a woman such as yourself, you know, making those necessary moves to help our sisters to see that it's not as it's not as bad as it probably seems, because mm -hmm. what you're doing has more value to it. Um, what you what you use as a, I guess, a narrative or a marker for what you believe to be. What you're trying to do was just, of course, somebody trying to sell a product. You're actually selling a lifestyle. So, yeah. um, again, shout out to you for all of what you're doing. And there's Thank also you. some inspiration that I believe um, you have to offer as well, because I believe you're a married woman, right? I am. OK, so we don't have very many married women in the culture of podcasting, of course, on our level where um, we have. So many people that have a a very skewed perspective on dating and relationships. So I kind of want to see if without getting too personal, um, if you can just give us some um, perspectives in the conversation that we're going to have today about what's what it's like to be young, a business owner, married and how your perspectives of relationships had to change, because, of course, a marriage is a more solidified bond. And I think that the things that we're trying to do in dating, um, even though the intent is to get to that point, we don't have a aggressive way to make sure that we're doing things that solidify anything. Um, it's kind of like just to appease us for the moment, to get us past our hurts and heartbreaks of the past. We are not really trying to invest, build, and potentially create a foundation with an individual. So this is why I have you here today, because I do a lot of research on the people that I try to talk to. <laughs> so, <laughs> As you can see, um, before we get into it, for you listeners, this, of course, is Teach Me How to Love You Better. It's a brainchild that I came up with almost a year or two ago. Um, I was having a conversation with a young lady who believed that even though she was saying everything that she was feeling, that I wasn't listening. Right. And so I came to this point of saying that I was going to do a podcast where it would be focused on 
are women. And in this particular case, I'm going to be the listener, the case study, the guinea pig, the person who um, will attempt to hear a woman completely get out her thoughts, whether that is profane, um, vulgar, whatever it is that she has to say. I have to make sense of it in the conversation. And when we get into this show, there is a preface to it where I ask Maya a question. When I ask Maya this question, I am to be completely silent. I will not speak again until she tells me, okay, BJ, you can speak now, right? <laughs> this is the favorite part of this whole show. So um, I'm going to get into it by asking you a in general question. Once I get that question asked and you answer it, we'll have a small conversation about what you said, and then we'll get into the main topic. So you ready? I'm ready. All right. So the question is, in what way do you feel as a woman, a man could love a woman better, but not just for his own benefit, but more so for the women that he actually wants to love? I think that a man should learn his woman's love language. So everybody wants to be loved, but the way in which you love someone, you have to understand their love language. So um, there's a book, The Five Love Languages, and it talks about five different love languages. So it's um, physical touch, quality time, uh, acts of service. Oh my goodness, what are the other two? I can't think of them off the top of my head, but I think that it's important to know what your woman's love language is because you may be loving her in a way that maybe someone um, has taught you how to love or maybe a past relationship or someone has kind of like shown you how they want to be loved. But I think that the way that everyone wants to be loved is different. So it's, it's important to learn that, to know that, to embrace that. So, yeah, I definitely think that that is important for a man to know because some men may want to shower a woman with gifts when it's like, no, I really don't want gifts, but I want time with you or I want you to help me with this. Um, oh, the, um, one of the other ones is words of affirmation. So or, you know, I just want to hear you say I love you. I want to hear you say you're beautiful. You know, you don't always have to bring me a gift. Oh, and, and, and gifts. Yes, that's the fifth one. So, yeah. So just knowing exactly how to love the other person is so important. Oh, go on, go on. You, you, you okay. can talk. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting. I didn't want to jump out there. All right. So, um, love languages is one of the things that men hear quite a bit. Mm -hmm. And, um, I just want to be honest and transparent. Um, although I'm developing a sense of what those languages are or what they mean to me, I can honestly say that men really don't have a clue as to what this means. What? Right. They really don't. Um, honestly, when, and this is kind of tying into what we're going to eventually talk about, but I think that a love, a love language in our thinking or in our, you know, communication almost is, to say what we are to do for other people versus getting to know ourselves. Um, for the longest of time, even as a man myself, I always thought that love language was another um, thing that we do in benevolence to another person. 
It wasn't until I got older that I began to understand that it has a lot to do with knowing yourself and then also knowing your partner. So the more that we as men begin to educate ourselves on our emotions, which I think we have been doing a pretty good job of learning how to deal with those things, um, we begin to see how simpler um, communicating and showing affections and love and appreciation really could have been because mm-hmm. we were just trying to appease for so long. Yeah. You know, um, I thought at one time that that tied into a lot of the things that I would hear women say when they would say no romance without finance, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, the, the physical touch you know, didn't even, you know, cross my mind until I showed her I had enough to afford whatever she was offering. Or when you say gifts, that could have been anything that a man paid for. Because yeah. um to us, whether women know this or not, a lot of what we do comes with a sacrifice, no matter how um egotistical sometimes men are when they have money. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it comes with an it comes with an extreme sacrifice. He's basically telling you that at a time it was way worse than now. Mm-hmm. He's he's communicating his hurts when he becomes super duper flashy or um, he's loud and gaudy. You know, like he's trying to explain to you how hard it really was to deal with the more meager times or the, you know, the famine times in his life so it's a lot of things that men are saying but it just doesn't communicate well to women so when you say love language to a man how much of him is a part of that conversation when you when you bring that to the table um is he well aware of what you're actually saying when you speak of love language well i wouldn't i wouldn't come to the table saying Oh, you need to know my love language and just have the expectation that he just has to learn me and then or or figure it out. Right. So mm-hmm. they have these love languages quizzes online and things like that that kind of help you figure out what your love language is. But I also think there has to be reciprocity. Like she has to cater to his love language just as he caters to hers. So a lot of time a man and a woman may not even have the same love language, right? But it's not fair for me to just expect you to love me how I want to be loved. And then I just love you how I want you to love me. No, it doesn't work that way. So you um, learn how I want to be loved and I need to learn how you want to be loved and we need to show each other love in the way that the other person can um, accept it so it definitely is um, reciprocity it's not a one-way street at all okay 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 that leads us into um, the reason I have you here today we are going to talk about perks and plans right I want to discuss the pressures that not only society places on men and women, but also women and men that, you know, they typically place on themselves. Every man places even an unwarranted amount of pressure on other men due to like predetermined standards before finding out what their brothers or even their sisters are even capable of. And in doing research and development for the conversation, it made me raise a question. How do we view 
our men in terms of our own needs, perceptions and opinions? Like, what do you think about when you think about your needs and how you perceive men and your opinions of men? Um, so you mean like in terms of, of dating? In terms of, yeah, in terms of your needs overall, if you can, you know, figuratively look at yourself as a person mm -hmm. and say, what, what do I need a man for? Ah, okay. Right. Um, okay. Wow. Um, <laughs> so... I think that the first thing is that a woman should not feel like she needs a man to be complete. I feel like you have to be whole within yourself first. Okay. And um, love yourself first and then be able to, you know, enter into a relationship. Because if you're looking for a man to complete you, you'll never be completely satisfied. So I think just knowing who you are as a person, knowing your personal values and what you can bring to the table um, and then finding a man or a man finding you that can complement that, right? So just thinking about the goals that you have in life, thinking about your personal values and seeing if a man can add to that rather than looking for a man to kind of like, okay, well, I'm halfway there. Maybe if I can find a man to meet me halfway, then we can make it whole. I don't think it works that way. Okay. So as men and women, are we mm -hmm. fair to those that we hold responsible for our needs, our feelings, and our expectation? And is it possible that the world overwhelms the men and women with responsibilities at a time where we just truly want to be who we are? Um, I definitely think that um, we expect way more out of um, the relationship than we need to. So saying that like we need to be whole within ourselves first is easier said than done because a lot of people come from brokenness and they mm -hmm. are looking for that other person to kind of help put those pieces together. And then there's also a lot of voids that people have. And then they're also, they're looking for people to come and fill those voids, right? So it's not a thing of, let me look into myself. Let me figure this out on my own. A lot of times we look for that companionship, that relationship, that partnership in order to kind of mend those pieces together. Okay. And that's unfair. It's an unfair expectation to to have someone um, do that for you because a lot of stuff may um, stem from childhood trauma, adult trauma, experiences, all those different things that you go through in life. And then you're looking for someone else to kind of help heal you from those things. And a lot of times it's an unrealistic expectation. Mm, okay. So when we talk about perks and plans, we're going to speak from the um, we're going to speak from the planning aspect first because that's okay. typically that's typically the more firm um, perspective like we hear women say intentional dating like that's mm -hmm. almost like a plan of action in a sense how yeah. does planning for love work when the person who makes the difference to the plan is not included in the process of the planning <laughs> is love the one thing you plan for that planning ahead doesn't necessarily work for Ugh. I think that when you are blending your life with someone else's, there are so many 
surprises that come up. Um, it's so many things that you can't realistically plan for. So as women, a lot of times we dream of, you know, having a husband, having a family, like we have this vision in our head of what it's going to be like, how it's going to be until it happens. And it's like, oh, wait, no, that wasn't in my plan. That's not how, you know, I envisioned this to go. For me personally, I was a planner. Um, even at a young age, like, I just remember like, all right, I have to work hard in elementary school so I can go to this good middle school and I have to get good grades in middle school so I can go to the high school of my choice and I need to get scholarships to go to college. So like, I did all those things. Like I had my master's degree by the time I was like 23, like, because I was always like on it to plan, plan, plan. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, I'm going to buy my car now. Um, I'm gonna buy a new car now because in a couple years, if I get married, then my car will be paid off. And then um, I'll have enough money to buy a house. Like literally that's how I always thought like my life was always like planned out. And then God sometimes say, yeah, that's your plan. But here's my plan, you know, for your life. And so things derailed at some points and didn't go as planned. And it really, you know, stopped me in my tracks. And a lot of it, you know, comes with when you're putting other, well, when other people are now a part of your plan, you're no longer as much in control as you thought you were. Because now your okay, life is combined okay. with someone else's and yeah, it's yeah. different. <laughs> so at that point of being the serial planner, when mm -hmm. your husband showed up, how much about who he was not a part of the plan? And when you realized that he was the complete opposite of what the plan was, did you see the benefits of the differences that he came with? Well, I think originally, originally he it was perfect so in my mind it was how the plan was supposed to go like I was engaged before and um I ended up you know not going through with that engagement because I just felt like like I'm very spiritual so I'm like God is this is this you know who you have for me and I just was not feeling that confirmation but when okay. I met my husband okay. like everything, you know, fell into place. And so I'm like, okay, like, this is it. This is good. And, you know, like, I still feel that way. But it's just that, you know, just living with somebody else and just, you know, your life being so intertwined with someone else is like, I'm no longer in control. Like I'm normally I'm, I was used to being in control of everything. Like I didn't have to run anything past anybody like if this needs to get done it needs to get done but it's like now it's me and someone else so mm, not everything okay. is going to go according to my plan but is the i mean that's a perfect segue i want to kind of get into how our plans and perception as men and women when we decide that we're ready for more than just our basic interactions with the opposite sex um, as women, there's a point when you feel as though there needs to be some type of establishment of commitment and understanding in order for you to move forward. Right now, okay. here you are saying that you are the person in charge. And this is the person that typically has a a schedule 
for even how she operates and puts the plan in place by it being derailed. That was the opportunity for you to see that you didn't have to work as hard for yourself. You didn't have to you didn't have to always compromise a lot of the things that you truly want for yourself, like rest, like peace, like all of these different things, because you now begin to see your partner. But for many of us who plan, we tend to think that because we are the visionaries, we have to be the implementation of the plan, too. And a lot of times you don't really get to see just how God places people to make you comfortable enough to share responsibilities or to share a dream with another person. Sometimes the person that shows up has the same plan as you, but you're so focused on doing it your way. That's where the discord and disconnection comes from. Is that possible that for most of us who are still trying to get to where you are, we all got plans in place, but we're not comfortable with sharing the responsibilities or even the details of the plan to make sure that we all get to our respective places together and understanding how to get there together. Well, um, I, I still think that I'm the implementer of, of the plan. <laughs> you <laughs> <Right>? do? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and so, you know, that also makes it hard, right? Because I'm the implementer of the plans, but I can't implement all the time because I have to consider someone else as well who may not be on board or who may not be as motivated or who may not be like have that go getter mentality that I do. So it's mm, like, okay, let's okay. so, so yeah, that's, mm -hmm, that's a little different, but I will say one thing is that you have to, put your expectations out there in the forefront. And when I say expectations, not like, oh, I'm going to need you to do this, this, and that, because now, now those are demands, right? But just expectations of some of the things that you want in life. Um, and, and, and so that the person can then have or make a more well-informed decision to say, you know what? Yeah, I'm not, you know, with this, you know, that that's not, what I want in life. For example, you know, children could be a thing where if a couple never talked about whether or not they want children and they get into a marriage and one is like, oh yeah, like we're supposed to have children. They like, no, I don't want any children. Like that's an expectation that should be talked about beforehand. So mm -hmm. I think having those things clear, once, once you put your expectations out, you know, it leaves room, it leaves less room for disappointment because it's like, all right, here's the expectations both of you have an understanding of it. So now whether or not you meet them, that's a whole different, whole different ball game, but at oh, least you had okay. a fair chance of knowing more. Okay, great. So let's just talk about the, the earlier parts of our interactions with people. Um, usually we get into um, dating situations and there are certain things that take place that kind of confuse women because our processes for planning and even understanding the perks of what we're trying to establish are completely different. Um, just as you become sure of yourself and whatever that thing is between you and said gentleman, you realize that he begins to pull back. 
not as comfortable and confident as he once was in the beginning. And truth be told, that's because you made the decision to accelerate to the next level without a clear indirect conversation or indication like you were mentioning, like making those things apparent to you. Sometimes it seems like perfect timing, but to him, there's this phase that we have is typically called just as it was getting good right now in certain instances. And I speak on this because I've been here. There's a point where a woman believes that at this particular point or highlight that we're at, this means that a decision has to be made. Mm -hmm. Um, but for a man, it's almost to say, this lets me know that it's okay to keep going. It's the same thing in theory, but it doesn't have the same plan of action. A lot of times when men date, they tend to lose interest in the date because it comes off like everything else they do in their life that seems like a job. Everything okay. comes as a responsibility. You got to be on point. You got to smell good, look good. You got to have your hair cut. Your shoes can't be ran over. You got to have a little money in your pocket. You can't have a donut on your tire when you get a flat. You got to get your flat fixed. It's so many things that we have to check off mm -hmm. a list before we can even enjoy the idea of, man, I met this beautiful chick named such and such and such at the park and she smelled really good. She was so pleasant and I want to get to know her. You're trying to figure out how you meet the expectation before you can even enjoy what the process is so that you can plan for love like the the ready person typically does. Mm -hmm. So just that just as you get to that point of. Okay, this is a milestone moment. This is a highlight. I really like him. Um, it's kind of like, should I make him more than just my little cute friend? Or you try <laughs> to put a plan together right at that moment, but you notice for him, he's lax. It's not to say he don't feel the same way as you do. He just enjoys you so much more because it's not as much responsibility mm -hmm. as it typically is when he dates. So a lot of us lose out on these opportunities to grow into these relationships that we see because, of course, the love languages are a little bit different. Yeah. So in your mind, um, when you begin to plan, what are the ways in which you see for yourself that the plan is going in the right direction? And what is the communication like to make sure that you can affirm that what you're planning is going in the in the right direction. Hmm. Um. Well, definitely when goals are being met. Now, wait. Let me let me back up. Are we talking about as a married person or as someone dating? As someone dating. Okay. As someone dating. Um. Hmm. Well, one thing I think that men and women um sometimes can have two different mindsets for when it comes to dating like you said you know a man may just feel like you know what I just enjoy you I'm just enjoying this like let's not call it anything let's just, let's just be where a woman may be in the frame of mind of no I'm trying to get married in the next couple years because I want kids and you know the next five years so no we need to get this thing moving and that's one of the things about the expectations in the beginning right so when I think that that has to be clear mm 
Because once those conversations start to happen and then you can say, okay, yes, we are, you know, on the same page or, okay, good. So we're, we're, we're both moving towards this direction. Then you know that, okay, this is, this is something that we can continue to move forward in. But then once you're stuck in a place of, okay, I'm ready to move forward. I really like this guy. And he's like, uh, I'm just want to be here. Sometimes that can come across as, He's afraid of commitment. He doesn't really want to be with me. Like that can open all of those cans of worms. So I think without the proper communication, that's where that falls apart. But with the proper communication, then you know that that plan is kind of going in the right direction. If you both can say, okay, yep, this is what I want. All right, th this is the direction that we're going to move in. Like, I just think it all comes with having an understanding of one another and just being on the same page. Because again, when you're combining two two lives, two plans, you have to make sure that you you are on the same accord to kind of move forward with one another. Mm, okay. It's um it's very important to have that conversation because I really do believe that when um a man is not a hundred percent like at the green light to mm -hmm. make you a girlfriend it's not to say, you know, you're not it or you don't have that potential to be that. I just think that like a lot of times it's very hard for a man to communicate that everything that a woman wants a man for. Sometimes men are tired of doing. Yeah. Um, It's just the responsibility of it all. It's, it's kind of the same conversation that our women were having when they were the primary or custodial parents all the time, or mm -hmm. they had to do all the cooking, all the cleaning. And it got to a point where it's like, look, I'm throwing my hands up. Somebody else needs to help in the regards to these things. I think that that's the communication that men have yet to figure out how to say, because it's not a comfortable thing to say, because everything that you're trying to say without negating the responsibility is what is considered to make you a man. Yeah. You know, so you can't say I'm tired of being a protector because that's what typically <laughs> makes you a man. But imagine what that feels like for the guy that has been shot at a few times, mm -hmm. you know, like you don't know what that trauma is to, you know, to say such a thing when that's what is society is basing your manhood upon. So, yeah. Um, the love language is very important because we begin to make plans and we confuse the plans because certain people are just being honest and their mm -hmm. honesty doesn't fit our plans. So let's take it a little bit further. Um, okay. There's a point and this is not an excuse, but it is a reason um, men mm -hmm. are often excluded from the excitement of dating simply because there's no space for enjoyment or entertainment because he's required to do certain things in order to get that right mm -hmm. now again we go back to a lot of the songs that women used to sing you know um gotta have a j-o-b if you want to be with me we cool <laughs> with that we cool with that part we don't knock that part it's just the no romance without finance part okay mm -hmm. the job i got the job may not be the best job but i got a job does that mean that I don't deserve to be loved? You know, if it doesn't provide you with everything that you feel as though is a part of your plan of action, what does that what does that require for me to gain um, out of it? Because I think that that com that conversation 
is also hard to have because it's like, okay, look, I have a job, Mm -hmm. just may not be the best job. And I really want to be a man for you. But you could look at that and say, well, based on my plan, you don't fit. So how does that guy, how does that guy deal with that slight rejection or that slight um, disconnect in those moments when he, when he feels as though he's not living up to what your expectation is? See, see, that's the thing. I think that um, people should have their negotiables and non-negotiables. Um, I, I'm kind of different in that regard as far as like, oh, he needs to have this type of job, drive this. Like, no, that, that wasn't me. Like, I was more in it for... <laughs> I was more in it for the love, more in it for, um, you know, how do I feel when I'm with this person? Like, can we grow together? Like, what goals? Like, I'm the type of woman, like, all right, you don't really like your job. Okay, what what is it that you want to do? Do you need more schooling? Like, do I need to help you update your resume so that you can get to where you need to go? So, like, I'm that type of woman to kind of, like, help get you to where you need to go. I don't think that the man should feel like, oh, I need to live up to her expectations like I'm doing the best that I can but I'm not quite reaching her goal because then it's like he's changing who he is to meet someone else's expectation I think Mm. that if that is what like he wants to do if it's like you know I just want to be better like for myself and in turn I'll be better for her that's one thing but just to be to try to do stuff or, or do more to please someone else no that's not a good fit Okay. Okay. Now, when we um, when we look at those uh, processes that is that it takes for men to get better, um, there's opportunities that we try to gain from um, our dating situations that I don't think women are really seeing or paying attention to. Those opportunities have um, certain benefits or perks to them that we feel are very important and that opportunity is just to have someone care for us just for us Mm -hmm. um and not because of his responsibilities to um all of the things that are few and far between i think we date longer because um we finally understand the power and the privilege of having a choice um Mm -hmm. some of the things that we um, believe that have been made responsibilities to us in relationships are things that we don't care to even deal with. And um, now we're more vocal about those things up front. And it seems like to women, okay, y'all been playing for a long time and now y'all not even giving in to what we believe the plan and how the plan benefits for the two of us you're not even giving into that idea. And it's not him saying that it's just him realizing that, okay, I'm not like my father. Um, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't care about, you know, coming home and having, you know, the, the plate made and all of those different things. Yeah. Sometimes I just want peace and quiet. I want to be able to go and play the PS4, whatever his <laughs> thing is. Like, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes for one man is okay i want my play hot the other man is like hey look i just want to go in the basement and play the game it's a different um communication and Mm -hmm. i think that like we're at a point where we want to just be loved for who we are Uh now um talking about perks 
Um, one of the things that you mentioned, which was really beautiful, is that, OK, if in fact this man wants better for himself and doesn't have the the I guess the requirements of his own standards, there's a perk to love that you brought to the table by helping him get to where he aspires to be with just assistance is not to carry him or Correct. to, you know, take care, soul mm -hmm. care of him. It's a certain level of assistance where in a relationship or dating situation does that care actually fit in? What does what has to happen in order for a woman to be comfortable in doing those things? Because now a lot of that care has been completely taken off the table. For me, that's hard. Like, I feel like that's just my nature. It just comes natural. Like, okay, I want to help people reach their goals, do what it is um, that they want to do. But I feel like it should really be um, implemented into a relationship. Once you, there's reciprocity in um, the care that you show for one another. Like, because women, sometimes we're nurturers, so we can get into that thing and really, um, some women, it, it overtakes them, right? And they feel like I'm molding this man into who he's becoming. Now he, I have to like keep him because I can't make him better for another woman. Like that whole thing. Like we shouldn't, it should never be a thing that we take on a man as a project. But we should mm, see like, all okay. right, this is what he wants to do. What is it that I can do? What can I give? What services can I provide to help him get to where he needs to go? Right. And so it's not a thing, like you said, of carrying him, but it's a thing of just assisting and helping him. And I think that once your relationship gets to the point where you see that there is mutual care and it's not just you doing everything for him, but he's also helping you in ways and things like that, that it's you can go on like go for it go for it like I don't think it's anything wrong with helping someone to reach their goals I've always had a problem with that concept when it comes to women too of you know I made him for somebody else mm -hmm. now yeah that, that is a very flawed perspective because one you didn't make anything because true enough if you had that much power you could have stopped it before it got out of hand yeah so to say that is almost taking credit for something that you're not even capable of doing. And then, too, when we say um, in certain instances that, you know, we made him better for other people. Why is it that you have to look at it as a loss? The, the, the prop that like the proper perspective of a relationship from the beginning was to make each other better, period. So yeah, but it's, it's weird. It's weird because it's like, okay, if you really are uncomfortable with the idea of me becoming a better person after we were done or decided to end our relationship, how honest and true was this process you took with me to aid in my betterment? Like how realistic was it when you, um, decided to help me update my resume if the intention wasn't for me to get a better job. Like how, how were we like helping each other to be better people, communication, working on communication and love languages and all of these things in this process of us being together? Why don't you expect me to do better? I think the issue is when a woman has taken the brunt of the hurt, right? So it's like, you've hurt me. I've forgiven you. 
but you've learned this lesson and all right, we've gotten better. And then you hurt me again and you hurt me again. And now um, you're going to take some time for yourself and figure out yourself to become a better man, but you're not going to come back to me. You're going to go to someone else. Like I think it's when a woman has put in so much time and energy and has endured so much pain from this from this man and now he has his aha moment he comes out of it he's better he's gone to therapy or he's done whatever it is that he needs to do to kind of renew his mind to become better but then he goes somewhere else and it's like whoa I didn't put in all this time this effort this energy you've hurt me you know and now you're better come on let's make this work but no you want to go try somewhere else i think that that's mm, where okay. you know women get most upset okay so now we're going to talk about when the plan doesn't work okay all right so we plan and plan and plan we have fallback plans we have the plan a and plan b um we're doing everything that we can to make sure that this thing works but um in love there are a lot of teaching moments that come that we don't necessarily look forward to because we don't know what to expect. Now, let's just say that in this process of loving a person your way, a guy or a girl decides, okay, this is not how I see myself being treated. And they discover a better plan for how they would like to be treated. Now, true enough, it does not mean that this relationship was piss poor it doesn't mean that we don't vibe no more. We just have different ideals and different strategies now um, in terms of going about a plan. I think that that perspective of, you know, the woman being hurt a lot of times is not exactly like affliction. A lot of times it's just the person being honest. Um, This just doesn't work for me anymore. Like um, even in my own relationship, I remember in the earlier stages, we were having so much of a good time together. That point of just getting good for me. And um, I decided to see if that moment or that milestone was going to last. So I decided to ask her, well, what would it be like if we were to break up or were to, were to go our separate ways? Because I would like to come and go in peace. It got a little awkward because we don't plan for the possibilities of that good thing ever going left or going mm -hmm. sour. Mm -hmm. So um, I just wanted to have the conversation. And I think that those things need to be communicated as much as possible as well, um, even if it's not so much a reality for the two people. But if you're constantly having the conversations of damage control while mm -hmm. you're also talking about um, growing together. Um, certain things will set in, even if it's hard to deal with. Um, and I think that that's a, that's an important part of um, love language because I don't want to lose myself or you so much to where now I don't know how to love you even in bad times. Those are the times when the love has to be, you know, paramount mm -hmm. when, it's nothing else for us to do but go our separate ways and still love each other. You know, um, I think we go into planning with the expectations of the first time around is going to work. 
the one time that you truly fell in love is not always going to be the guy that you're stuck with. That's the lesson. Mm -hmm. Um, Learning how to accept disappointment and planning, um, rearranging the plan to not only fit yourself, but another person like these are a part of the planning process. And for most of us in this, this idea of love is like, okay, I just want somebody that's going to, that's not how the plan works. A lot of times, you know, God is very strategic with how he plans and is, is nothing that you can ever put your finger on. Sometimes you just have to just play, you know, the part of the plan that you can actually control, which is yourself. Yeah. So, um, there is a very important part of the show where we're going to get into definitions and see how they tie into planning or even the perks of the plan. The definition of a perk is an advantage or benefit following from either a job or a situation. Also the money goods and other benefits to which one is entitled to based on their position within the plan. Most of the times when dudes um, date, they feel like they're more of a perk than a part of the actual plan. Right mm-hmm. now, again, the advantage or the benefit from whatever position you put a person in that could definitely keep a person interested, not necessarily invested. You spending your money, you taking her to nice places, but she don't really like you like that. Mm. Being a perk a lot of times is not healthy. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you have the best intentions of showing her a good time. And these are some of the best times that she's ever had in dating, but you just ain't cute enough. You know, mm-hmm. when that guy gets turned away and he's sent back into the dating scene, he's completely different. What do you say to women who treat men like perks instead of being a part of a plan? First of all, I think, it goes back to the wholeness. Like a woman should not look for a man to complete her, to uh, fund her, or, you know, I think that women, women have to take ownership and, you know, loving themselves, doing for themselves and not having to depend on a man to fulfill them. And I feel like once a woman is fulfilled and knowing that you know what I don't need a man to buy me this or to take me here like I can do those things myself but it would be nice to have the company of someone like I think once that mindset shifts then you know that's a difference right because some women may just want a man because oh he looks good so he's gonna look good for these pictures and on my arm but you know he's not it's not serious enough for me to date or he makes enough money. But like you say, he's not cute enough. So I'm going to use him to take me out these places, but you know, I'm not going to take him seriously. Like, I think we have to realize like men have hearts too. And just because Mm. someone else may have broken our heart or treated us wrong, that doesn't mean that we have to um, put that same thing on the next guy. Like we need to treat people how we want to be treated and not play games. Like so, be who you need to be. I'm sorry. Yeah, I wanna I wanna ask you too. So when you say like um being whole and you know being able to do all of the things for yourself that you would probably 
you would definitely like for a partner to um, take responsibility for, but still being able to do it if, in fact, a partner doesn't show up. Mm-hmm. Typically, when you're whole, you date better. Mm-hmm. Like, you yeah. have the abilities to accept the fact that, yeah, I would love to be taken out, but I don't think he's cute, so I'm not going to waste his time. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, you'll be able to um put out better energy and make better decisions for how you socialize in that dating space. So that's what I took from um, what Maya was saying is that like, it, it makes sense that way when you're whole and you're not fragmented and still feeling that loneliness, that desperation mm-hmm. and all of those things that mm-hmm. come when we're isolated from the rest of the world, you can, you can definitely spare another person's feelings because you know how to control your own. All right. That was dope. That was dope. (laughs) Okay. What are the perks to love in your opinion? The perks to love, um, especially when it's done right. Um, it just makes your heart feel good. Just makes you smile. Um, being in a loving relationship, like, you know, you just, have that confidence that you have that support system that you have that security that you have someone to lean on like you know in life we were meant to have just relationships relationships with people and sometimes it's hard to find um good valuable relationships so finding a romantic partner someone who's you know there for you like that is your person like it's just a wonderful feeling to to have an, an authentic loving relationship Okay. Okay. Why would you suggest that men should take love more seriously? Because heartbreak and playing games, like they really do cause PTSD. Like we may not have been in a war, (laughs) but literally some stuff that men do, like you, you mentioned, like sometimes the pain is just from like men saying, Oh no, I don't want to be in this relationship anymore nah men men do men do and women right but we're talking about men right now like right, do right. some things that you know really cause some stress some ptsd like broken hearts for real and i, I don't think that men realize the emotional devastation that they cause in women and the effect the after effect that it has and Again, you know, I think that if women are stronger and feel whole in themselves, you know, that it won't hurt as bad. But once even if you're whole in yourself and you've let your guard down and, you know, giving yourself to someone else to be married to, to be a partner with like once you've let that guard down and let that person in and like that is your person and they hurt you because they weren't taking that love seriously, like that does some PTSD type damage. And Mm -hmm. it Mm -hmm. takes a while and it's, and it's hard. It's hard to bounce back from. Yeah. I think that, uh, the conversation that men are now trying to have, um, is that in the process of being apart for so long, they realize that they have much more value to add to, um, the planning now, because um we were kind of we're kind of realizing that being a perk ain't always beneficial you know it's kind of like 
That's kind of like courting a person who's also being courted by somebody else. And then she picks the better or her better of the two. Like sometimes we just want to be, we want to belong at this mm-hmm. point, mm-hmm. you know, and I think it's, I think it's maturity, you know, like we, we do have, you know, extensive, you know, playtime. I mean, I can't, you know, I can't deny that at all, but a lot of it has to do with the way that we were steered in those conversations about love and, you know, women, we were Mm -hmm. never really like reared in the direction of making women wives. And, you know, I, I really want to have a conversation about what an honest woman means because mm-hmm. like sometimes that sounds offensive, you know, like um, it's almost playing to the idea of her not being whole or her not being a complete person because this man has to make her, you know, this, this completed or this honest woman or like it's almost saying that she's doing everything for free that she deserves to be um compensated or shown reciprocity for so i want to really talk about that for the most part but um again it's just us realizing that being a perk is not always the best way to be you know be treated or even feel um we've treated women like perks for so long you know and they're realizing that they don't want to be treated as such anymore they belong in households being taken care of and properly nourished and properly treated Mm -hmm. and it's so much that we've been able to take advantage of by you know being perks to one another and not necessarily being a part of each other's plans now when we talk about plans plan means a detailed proposal for doing and achieving something now when we say plan by definition planning is not for the other person the planning is for you Mm-hmm. based on definition and the key word we hear from women often is intention what does a woman show outside of availability when she plans to fall or be in love okay repeat the question part for me one more time okay what does a woman show outside of availability when she plans to fall or be in love so by definition it says that planning is the proposal for doing and achieving something. So what is she doing and proposing in her actions when she's ready to fall or be in love? Mm, okay. Um, so I guess in, in the stage of once she has, I guess, dated and decided like, okay, this is the man that I really want to pursue a little bit more um cutting off other people right who may be distractions really giving time attention and effort to that person that you feel like you're falling in love with um i definitely think um time attention energy cutting off distractions are all like key things that shows that a woman is really interested and a woman is really invested because when you get someone's time, like time is valuable, you know? So when someone is giving of their time and um, attention, that's really showing that, you know, they, they're in this thing because mm. sometimes, you know, women can, or, or people in general can have their attention here, there, there, you know, and that's when they're kind of just still dating around seeing like, all right, what do I like? What don't I like? What do I want? And then once they find that one that's like, 
you know what? I, I think that he could possibly be the one. You know, you cut off all of those things that distract you and then put that focus right there and, and see where it goes. Okay, okay. Um, Last question, and this is going to kind of take us out because I think that you cover just about everything that I've um pretty much planned to ask and you gave a lot of great insight and I really appreciate that. But this last question is, how do you make a man who has always felt like a perk feel as though he's being added or made a part of a greater plan or experience in love? Well, I definitely think that the man should have that conversation. Like that's sad to think that he just thinks that he's a perk. Like a man is just as part, just as much part of the relationship and as valuable to the relationship as the woman, right? So even though a woman may have a plan, you know, a man should also have a plan for his life and just um, make sure that the woman even fits as part of his plan. So a man who has always felt just like a perk in the relationship, I think one needs to take time to really evaluate and think what it is that he wants in a woman, you know, and, and then the value that he can add. And then once he starts dating, then kind of ask those questions to see, all right, is she going to, you know, add value to my life? Are our goals aligned and not just kind of conform to whatever it is that she wants, but also, you know, take those steps and asking those questions to make sure that she is indeed what he wants. Okay. Okay. And there you have it. This is our conversation about men being perks and not plans. Now, the title is insisting upon a man understanding that you're much more than what you bring to the table. You have feelings, you have vulnerabilities, you have so many things to communicate that these women definitely need to hear in order for them to be partners, um, mm -hmm. for, in order for them to be understanding and in order to love you technically. Um, there is so much that you bring outside of your your money and your you know your swagger and all of these things that you try to use to bargain for um their time attention and their love um some of these women of course are not fit for the type of men that you are but those that are are waiting on you to just show up owning what it is and who it is that you are you are enough. And that was the point of the conversation. Um, it's just to to highlight that you definitely add value to love. Um, we have to understand what our value is first before we invest the time to develop love, because I think women are definitely more ready for love and relationships than we are nowadays because they understand their feelings better than we do and we're still trying to process those things so i'm super grateful for maya giving a lot of perspective on how she operates and you know the same spaces of planning and knowing what perks are in a relationship so um give them your information again definitely um gas yourself up a little bit let everybody know about <laughs> pretty and purposed and all of the great things that you're doing on your platform Okay, well, um, my personal page is my oh my ten. That's M Y O H M Y ten. Um, so you can follow me there. I have the link to my YouTube channel, which is Have Fun and Stay Fly with My Oh My. I have that in the bio. My podcast is Pretty and Purpose Podcast, and you can find that 
on all the different platforms where you can listen to podcasts. You can also follow us on Instagram. That's pretty underscore the letter N underscore purposed with a D. And then also you can follow the Curvy Coalition, which is my page for um, highlighting different curvy beauty influencers. And that's at the Curvy Coalition. There's no underscores, no spaces. Um, so please make sure that you check those out and follow. Absolutely. We're going to definitely make sure that all of that information is in all of the um, artwork and designing for the episode. Um, definitely follow her and everything that she has going on. Follow her show, Pretty and Purpose. I really enjoyed this conversation and I'm pretty yeah, sure there's something you. on her platform that you can also take from and enjoy as well. Um, this again is Teach Me How to Love You Better, which is a subsidiary of Change the Subject, something that I want to dedicate from men to women that we actually do want to do better, learn more and be of better service to our women. So if you are a woman and would like to give a perspective, tell a story or share an experience, you can definitely hit me up at DergoBJ. That's D-E-R-G-O-B-J on Twitter. The subject change on Instagram, that is the Instagram page. I do have an email, which is loveletters115 at gmail.com. Definitely reach me at any of those means um, socially. And I also have a hotline, which is 313-652-0220. I want to really expand these conversations. Definitely give women the opportunity to tell their stories and even cuss us out. You know, we want to <laughs> we want to hear it all because it's definitely time for us to step up. But in order for us to step up, we have to educate. So that's the purpose of the show. So, again, thank Maya for coming through. Thank and you for having kicking me. this thing off, man. It was so great to um, get to really converse and, you know, get to know your personality through the uh, episode. And well, this was really fun. And I'm going to be coming for more of the women and the don't rush challenge. So I'm going to be sliding in some DMs and trying to invite some women on the show. You know, um, I just really thought that what you ladies did was a phenomenal thing. Yeah. Um, it it lifted the spirits of everybody when we saw the video. And, yeah, you know, awesome. it was just a great thing. So um, I definitely want to reach and have some more conversations with those women. But again, um, follow me, follow her. And um, thank you guys and girls for listening to the most recent and newest episode of Teach Me How to Love You Better. I'll see you guys again in two weeks. Peace and blessings.